Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, the Liberals say they are open to provincial daycare demands, but hold steady on the daily cost. Our goals are now national. And what we're saying is every Canadian, every Canadian parent, five years from now, everywhere in the country, should have access to affordable, high-quality early learning and child care for an average of $10 a day. The Prime Minister defends Canada's travel restrictions, but says he is open to doing more. We will continue to look at the best uh, science and the best measures uh, that we can do to make sure that the borders continue to be a protection uh, against uh, spread of variants and COVID-19 inside of Canada. And federal leaders take steps toward getting vaccinated. I have an appointment set for this weekend uh, in consultation with uh, with our physicians. I think it's important for Canadians to to get a vaccine when they can, do your part. We're all frustrated by the fact that Canada doesn't have sufficient supply. It's Wednesday, April 21st. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by longtime political writer and broadcaster Dan Legere. Dan, thank you for being with us today. Well, good morning, Mark. Let's talk a little bit about the aftermath of the federal budget. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about the implications and in particular what it means for some pretty big federal provincial negotiations that are going to have to happen if some of the objectives in the budget are realized, uh, for example, around healthcare and daycare and this ambitious plan the government has for $10 a day daycare. Uh, what do you expect from those discussions? And, and do you think the provinces and the federal government will be able to come to some agreement? Well, you know, a lot of it is very familiar territory, Mark, of course, because uh, child care, publicly, federally supported child care has been, uh, well, I remember in the 1988 election, um, that being an issue and the parties thrashing it out at the time and making grandiose pro uh, promises, none of which um, ever came to fruition. <clears throat> so it does rise and fall, although I do think the pandemic, because of the disruption in work patterns in the workforce, um, that has really brought to the fore uh, the importance of these types of backstops for parents. Uh, at least on the childcare side. Now, health transfers, uh, you know, as we've had, I mean, as far back as the uh, origins of, of Medicare in Canada, public health care in Canada, th this has been on the table. And, you know, I, I see again the provinces uh, are agitating for more money with as few, um, with as few conditions as, as possible. Um, the provinces love getting the money turned over so they can spend it as they see fit. And, of course, Ottawa, successive governments have felt they, sh they should try to supervise it a bit more. So this all has a pretty familiar feel, even though it's a brand new budget and new promises. Yeah, and regarding daycare, there have been people saying, well, this is the federal government trying to get into the province's business. Um, do you think that that the provinces are going to to agree to the to this broad sweeping plan that uh, the Trudeau government has in mind? And and uh, and are they going to implement this this format of ten dollar a day daycare? Well, I think they'll make uh, the old college try. I mean, I see uh, Finance Minister Christian Freeland was quoted 
yesterday saying that, you know, they will negotiate with the provinces and they're prepared to be flexible, you know, so that the provinces can uh, provide the types of services they feel are best suited to their jurisdictions. Um, so if the feds are willing to negotiate and be flexible, I, I think there's room to grow. It's a lot of money. I mean, you know, that's the thing. There's billions of, do- of dollars on the table, $30 billion uh, over five years on the child care proposal, and then $8.3 billion beyond that. So, you know, it's a lot of money, and I doubt very many provinces are going to turn their noses up at it just because of uh, technicalities in the implementation aspect. So, I mean, I, I do think there's a fairly high determination on Freeland's part to get this going, and um, I think there's too much money floating around there for the provinces to be awfully picky about it. It'll be negotiation rather than confrontation, I think. Right. All right. Let's talk about some of the uh, latest developments in how Canada and provincial governments are handling the pandemic. Of course, in the past week, there, there have been a lot of developments in Ontario back and forth about different restrictions to try to stem the the increasing number of infections. Um, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister, has talked recently about uh, about the travel restrictions that are in place and about possible changes to that. Um, what do you think about where that's heading? Well, uh, it's clear that variants, these dangerous variants, are getting into the country somehow, and they seem to be leaking in all over the place. So it's uh, it does seem, uh, you know, that uh, there are issues at uh, the airports. And, uh, you know, as you see the prime minister talking about uh, extending uh, the quarantine hotels idea until May the 21st, uh, a lot more testing, uh, more enforcement. Uh, there's talk about perhaps even closing flights down to some countries. Uh, there's a, a really bad outbreak going on in India right now, and uh, it could be you know, uh, issues there, you know, there's variants leaking in from the United States and Europe. So, you know, it's still time for vigilance at the border. And if there has to be restrictions for a bit longer, you know, another month or a couple of months longer, as disruptive as they feel, I think uh, there would be broad public support for the feds to continue to be uh, vigilant at the border, and even more so than they are. And this is certainly something that Doug Ford has been calling for because the biggest airport in the country is in the middle of his province. So uh, it's a matter of concern. Even even in Nova Scotia, we're having a, a slight surge down here, and it's all related to travel outside our region or people coming in from outside. So um, this is not the time to let down our guard. Uh, it's a race between these variants and the vaccines, and uh, it's up to everyone to make sure we stay ahead and, and not get uh, swamped by the new uh, by the new variants. Yeah, and I, I sense that while some people are pushing back against some of the restrictions that, that affect their day-to-day movements, that a lot fewer people are uh, are concerned about the restrictions on travel outside the country or outside their province. Uh, that, that most people, I think, can, can accept that this is not a time when, when uh, tourism uh, and other forms of travel are appropriate. 
I think that's 100% right. And, you know, we've all gotten used to being away from our family members. Uh, we, we all realize, or most, I should say, the vast majority of Canadians realize that uh, these are measures that are being taken in the public interest. And, um, you know, it's, there are many sad stories and there's a lot of uh, separation anxiety, shall we say, uh, from family members, friends and loved ones. Uh, but this is, again, not the time to go slack on this. This is the time to stay vigilant and make sure that uh, that we don't let this thing get out of control yet again. So, I mean, it's that close. It's, it's touch and go now, Mark. And uh, I, I feel like the country is at an inflection point where the vaccines are starting to flow and they're going to be flowing fast in May that, uh, you know, now is the time to make sure that the momentum is on the vaccine side and not on the infection side. Yeah, and let's talk a little more about what's happening with vaccines. Uh, here in Ontario, uh, there are uh, people over 40 now getting vaccinated with the AstraZeneca vaccine, and, uh, and uh, political leaders like Justin Trudeau and Aaron O'Toole fit in that category, Christia Freeland too. Uh, so there was all kinds of news yesterday about them searching for a place where they could get vaccinated, just like other residents. Um, do you feel like there's been a bit of a turning point in the last few days? There were big numbers, uh, comparatively, of people in Ontario being vaccinated yesterday. I think it was 125,000. Um, so do you feel like there's some momentum building around that? Yeah, and we're getting, you know, the system is starting to develop a lot more clearly now. Um, uh, well, one of my family members went to get uh, vaccinated in uh, in Nova Scotia and was really impressed with how efficient the whole thing ran. And there were lots of volunteers and people taking care of senior citizens and helping folks who were having a hard time coping with the registration process and things like that. And I, I'm confident that that is going on right across Canada. And, uh, you know, it, this is something, the whole thing is so new. Uh, Mark, I mean, this has been going on for a year, but did anyone really have the time to sit down and think about mass vaccination programs until now? And, and I don't think we did. I mean, these are types of things that public health people are going to have to be uh, planning for now for years in advance and, and be ready to go and, and learn from what's going on. But, I mean, I feel just, you know, anecdotally, uh, that over social media or my friends and family connections and neighbors, that more and more people are getting vaccinated. And I noticed that here in Nova Scotia, which is behind the rest of the country in terms of the percentage of the population being uh, inoculated. So, you know, I, I do feel the progress is being made and I do feel that people will grow, the confidence will grow. Uh, and they, as they see the ends of some of the restrictions, although we're not quite there yet, and and patience is still required. That's for sure, as it has been for uh, more than a year now. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great day. Okay, Mark. Take care. That's Dan Legere, longtime political writer and broadcaster. We're sincere about really wanting to roll up our sleeves and work together and understand province by province, territory by territory, what is needed. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In an editorial, the Toronto Star calls on the federal government and the provinces to get deals done to make national child care a reality. The Star writes, There's a great deal to like in the Liberal government's ambitious plan for $10 a day child care. But to make anything approaching that happen will require an extraordinary level of provincial buy-in. 
Canadians, suffering through the third wave of the pandemic, are in no mood for political squabbling on much of anything. They want solutions that move their lives and the economy forward. This national child care plan can do both. In the Globe and Mail, Gary Mason writes, the era of balanced budgets is dead. Mason writes, there was a time when federal budgets somewhat resembled the balance sheets families kept. You had so much money coming in, which meant you only had so much money to spend. But long-held fiscal principles, such as balancing budgets during economic good times, have become quaint notions. The latest mantra, it's okay to operate in the red even when the economy is strong. The new way of reducing government debt is by growing your way out of it. At ctvnews.ca, Don Martin argues it's time for adult supervision or a premier replacement in Ontario. Martin writes, The only consistency shown by Doug Ford in recent months has been boneheaded inconsistency, a pattern which peaked late last week when Ford ignored his own expert advisory group to issue a series of COVID-19 edicts, largely divorced from any connection to the risk of transmission. What's worse is how Ford's pathetic brand of leadership accepts no blame for the current grim situation raging across the province. Now here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. The Prime Minister will be joined by Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland and the Minister of Families, Children and Social Development Ahmed Hussein for a virtual discussion on child care with a group of parents. The Prime Minister will also attend the Liberal Caucus meeting and question period. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole will speak to reporters ahead of question period. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will speak in the House of Commons in response to the federal budget. The Minister for Women, Mariam Monsef, will hold a news conference to speak about budget investments in families, early learning and child care before hosting a roundtable with stakeholders. Intergovernmental Affairs Minister Dominic Leblanc will host a virtual roundtable to speak about the government's plan to build a national early learning and child care system. And Health Minister Patty Haidu will appear before the Senate Committee on Social Affairs, Science and Technology. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Wednesday, April 21st. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.